set. Places, everybody. And action. Okay. I am set up. I'm ready. I'm, I'm, it's go time. <laughs> You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast of two black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're discussing Passing from 2021, directed by Rebecca Hall. So we're back and we're discussing Passing mm-hmm. once again with Passing. Um, just, uh, for our listeners who may have missed our previous episode on imitation of life, um, (laughs) Ashley, do you want to kind of refresh everyone on this particular pairing? Yes. So I don't even remember what I said, because we, we recorded that a a bit of a time ago (laughs) by this point. Three lifetimes ago. Honestly. And I've tried really hard to just like forget most of like what I witnessed. So, (laughs) um, my main sort of, well, really, let's just, let's just be real. Let's be real and vulnerable. I just wanted to talk about passing. (laughs) If you really want to. If you really want the trueness, you know, we do two movies. And so that's why I thought maybe Imitation of Life would go well. There's a point. Why? Um, So I thought that these two movies would be, you know, they have a common theme, which is, you know, passing and and kind of um, what that does, I guess, to like the human psyche. and one is miles better than the other. <laughs> so I thought it might be a good compare contrast of like what you could do versus what you probably should never do. Um, but also just because, you know, I think there's a lot of discussion nowadays, um, at least on the internet. I don't know about like out in the real world. Sorry, I'm not IRL most of the day. But, um, you know, and I don't know if you've seen this on your timeline, Brittany. Please tell me if you have or haven't. A lot of discussion about black people who look white and white people who attempt to look black and um, white people who actually try to achieve that and then get exposed. <laughs> I have, um, and, okay. Okay. I have seen that and also mild spoilers for a movie I just watched earlier today. Um, it has come up in a recent film available on Amazon Video or Prime, um, Master. That was a, oh, sorry if you haven't seen Ashley. No, I haven't. I mean, I've heard the words, but I have not, I couldn't figure out if it was a television show or, or what was it? I'm very out of the loop. Yeah. It it has come up. Uh, oh, quite often. oh, 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 yeah. But I don't, I didn't, I just knew that she was in this movie. It's with um, um, Regina Hall. Yeah, it, it's it's a very good film. I really enjoyed it. Um, so y'all like, I'm put a warning above that, but like fast forward. But like, um, it is something that has come up a lot in academic circles. Um, for some reason. Like, 
and something I, about academia just be fostering some fucked up shit. <laughs> remember that lady? Do you remember the lady who was like she pretended to be like like Mexican or something? Yeah, and I, I was I, just I, like, that's not. Mm. <laughs> and then people said that I like I knew and I had suspicions. When I try to bring it up, I would be told like that's crazy. And it's something that I don't understand. Like, okay, so we're discussing passing. We're and for those who don't know, at this particular point, passing racial passing is when you abandon, like you completely separate yourself from your blackness as a black person. You are eight, you're very fair skinned, but you look white, and you completely abandon your life as a black person. Like you are a totally different person. You are living as a white person. You yeah. are white. You are a white person. Yeah. From whenever you decide to pass, you are white. You're no longer black. That's right. what passing is. Yeah. Um, so I don't understand the concept of trying to pass as a black person. Um, I don't think people are passing, like passing as living like a black person because that's not the, that's not the energy that they want they want the exoticism without like the actual icky parts <laughs> of like, yeah, like living I, this life i don't like i don't understand that part like i don't understand why you would want for like some people just want to be cool but like some people want the oppression and that, I don't know. Yeah, because you and know I don't what? understand like, that. You know, be talking, like, yeah, like the lady, with the the one lady. I don't remember her name. I think everybody remembers, like, Rachel Dolezal, who's always talking about how her, you know, living the life of an oppressed woman. And it's like, but you aren't one. And it's not fun to be oppressed. <laughs> like, if you're that bland and that boring, you need to go find something for your, like, a hobby or something that you, like, <laughs> nobody wants to sit up here and talk about how they've been mistreated because they were black like that's not fun like nobody's having i mean there's people who obviously absolutely do the whole song and dance for a check but like most regular people do not want to talk about how the shitty parts of like being black are because i mean when i think about it, i'm just kind of like i love being black like why would i want to be something else like i know it's easier on the one end but like i'm having a great ass time <laughs> Music, yeah. culture, food, hairstyles, clothes, our general demeanor. Like, we're, at, I'm having a great time. <laughs> I can't imagine, like, in this movie, Passing seems like a fucking prison. Like that scissor song yeah. when she's talking about fucking with you feel like jail. <laughs> this shit feel like jail, bruh. Like, you, put, you put yourself in the cell and locked away the key. You swallowed the key. Like that scene from Saw. <laughs> a bro. bro. Lock yourself up. Turned off the lights and said, I will not be coming out of here. <laughs> I, I, okay. Like that, we talked about it in the other episode as well. Like that is something that I obviously won't understand. Cause like, again, look at my little profile pic on Twitter um, to see who I am, like Why I... Why isn't black and white? Don't get any ideas. You're talking <laughs> to a black person. 
<laughs> um, like I cannot pass at any point in my life. Like I am a brown skin girl. Like hey. okay, so like that is like I can't do it. But again, for the people who can, I get why they would. Like I can't get it, but like you know. Like, I can't. Okay, I'm I don't feel to... like people talk about why they would, though. Like, really why they would. Because it's not, like, it's, this is another thing, too. I wanted to pick this movie because, like, the discussions on colorism, because this is, like, a subsection of colorism, like, over as, like, a broader topic. This is, like, a small subsection of it. Um, when people talk about colorism, particularly online, um, they never get to the root because it usually goes to one or two ways. Like, some people will talk about it, right? Like, we'll have a discussion. And so it usually come from, like, a darker-skinned person because, of course, these are the people who are affected most, especially darker-skinned black women. And um, someone will kind of chime in and say, well, this happened to me, and I was made fun of on the bus, and all those girls were just jealous of me because I was so pretty. This is usually how it goes. It will always end up being derailed by someone who's like, all the girls, all the dark-skinned girls are jealous of me because I was a pretty girl. But we never discussed why you thought you were pretty. Yeah, because you see preferential treatment due to your features that were closer to whiteness. Yeah, nobody ever gets into like why that's a problem why that might be sort of like taking issues because you know children don't always have these words but as adults i feel like we have these words but that somebody it, people do not want to like really get to the root of the thing because yes of course you're pretty but why do people think you're pretty do they think you're pretty because you're a black girl or do they think you're pretty because you mix with something else so for people who are passing like you would have the advantages of being a white person in society yeah like, that is the advantage of it. Like, you could be living in fear at every moment, but <laughs> as long as your secret is not found out, you could be a white person and have all of the advantages of doing so. Like, you could do banking yeah. at this particular time. Like, you could, well, I don't know. Um, Claire was a woman, so, like, yeah, whatever. She's, she's, she's chilling at the house is what she's doing. <laughs> she is not like, working. Like, she could be a white woman at this particular time. Like, she could move how a white woman moves at this particular point in time. So whatever freedoms they have, she has too. Yeah, and she can, like, like, the whole thing about it really is, like, power and agency and how people are trying to find power and agency and how they're finding it is through, like, white supremacist notions and ideals of what is a respectable woman, which is also starting to go into that conversation that's been going on for like two or three days I'm trying to stay out of about modesty fashion. <laughs> like women dress, dress like, like women? That yeah. One? Is that what's happening? Women dress like my grandmother's old couch. Is what they, one of those fabrics looks exactly like my grandmother's old sofa and I just remembered it because I was like, that looks so familiar. Where do I know that fabric from? I'm going to tap in and say it's ugly. Boom. It's like it's, you it's do you want to dress like like first of all do y'all want to dress like colonial williamsburg or whatever the fuck? <laughs> like is that 
it like I am if you know me I think shit should be radical and cool like my whole personality is based on Poochie from the Simpsons okay so, so like, <laughs> is that the dog with the is that the dog in the backwards hat yeah. <laughs> okay. I think all things should be Poochie. That's okay. All things should be Poochie. All things should be Poochie. So like it doesn't it doesn't make you a better woman or a better person if you dress conservatively and you're probably falling into a trap. Yeah. Like, I would also some say that this- it's kind of like, because now it's like, oh, we don't have to dress like this, like those ghetto ho- hoochie hood rats. We could dress like this. I'm just like, I feel like it's going to start, we're going to start to spiral in a direction we don't want to spiral in. Because um, there's nothing wrong with dressing modestly or whatever. It's just the, it's it's the reasoning behind it that's starting to get a little shaky. Um, and I feel like that is also what happens with with conversations about like colorism and things like we're not getting to the root of the reason why, <laughs> because I feel like if you scratch the surface and I feel like if you just like, you know, some people will parrot white supremacist talking points um, with the quickness. And it also makes me kind of question like, sir, ma'am, do you want to be white? Because um, I think. Maybe. <laughs> I don't the think you answer, want to be blonde okay. hair, blue eyed, but I do think you want the trappings of whiteness and all that brings you. Um, because you see people who get just a little bit of power and all they time out. It's like, well, you need to stop being so lazy. But you know about the racism that keeps people in certain places. <laughs> and here you go. You got a little bit of pocket change and now you got your pockets lined and all of a sudden here you go. Sounded just like them. <laughs> you just made me think of this mo- the moment. I feel bad for thinking about that moment. Which moment? When it's a moment in Precious when Precious look in the mirror and see Robin Sparkles. Oh God, I've seen Precious exactly one time, and I actually got up <laughs> during one part of it. <laughs> it was so long ago. I never want to see that movie again. Lee Daniels. Is that Lee Daniels? Yeah, it is Lee Daniels. You gotta you gotta tone for that shit, bruh. Lee Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um I don't know if people like because you know you have the argument of like, oh if girls have blonde hair, they wanna be white. I don't think it's like that, but I think a lot of people want the trappings of whiteness and they're not saying that they do. Or they're not saying like crediting that for white people that think they're pretty. <laughs> Or anything like that. So, um, because you wouldn't plus up the fact that you're mixed if it wasn't something else other than black. (sighs) Or white, sorry. Or if you were something else, you know, if you're mixed with something that's, you know, another kind of of color, (laughs) but it's not black, and you're just like, oh, yeah, but there was like that trend on Tumblr, people would be like, I'm mixed. That matters in the grand scheme of things. That's really the, what's important. <sighs> what a mess. What a quagmire. Um, so that's really my reasons why I picked this um, this pairing. Um, but I do want to get into like the author of the book because I did listen to the book on audio. 
shout out to your local library. My local library has it on on audiobook. Um, support your local libraries for movies, books, and more. <laughs> um, we are pro library over here. Mm-hmm. Um, so this book was published in 1929, I believe, um, by Nella Larson, um, who was a woman of Danish and Afro-Caribbean ancestry via uh, the Danish West Indies on her father's side. I didn't even know the Danes had claims in the West Indies. I don't think there's a single European country without some sort of colonial history. It's kind of wild to think about. Um, So she, um, I believe she was born in Chicago, um, and she actually married Elmer Hines, who was the second African-American to earn a PhD in physics. Um, And they lived in Harlem. Um, and because of her husband, she made friends with like a lot of like well-known um, middle-class black figures, such as W.E.B. Du Bois. Um, and she only wrote two novels, this one and another one that I cannot find. I'm, I can't even, I don't think I wrote it down. Um, she only wrote two novels, and she has like some unfinished ones that like she never like turned in. Um, but she was active in the Harlem Renaissance and like literary circles around that time, which is so funny because guess who else was <laughs> active in the Harlem Renaissance? The lady who wrote Imitation of Light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder if they ever crossed paths. Possibly. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, so she only had a nursing degree. She worked as a nurse and I think a librarian. So she knew these people, but she wasn't, like, quote-unquote, wholly accepted because she just didn't have, like, their back, the same background as them, even though, like, a lot of people in the Harlem Renaissance apparently had European ancestry um, or, like, partly European ancestry. Um, So at one point she was accused of plagiarism, I don't think for this book, and um, she also got divorced and then her ex-husband died. Um, So post all of that, she withdrew from, like, a lot of literary circles. And uh, she moved away from Harlem. She never went back. And it was also rumored that she decided to pass herself and, like, live her life as a white woman. But she ended up dying um, in 1964 at the age of 72. Um, I don't think she had children. It never mentioned her having children. Um so that's Nella, and I think it's good to establish her background um, because I think a lot of the things about her life, including being mixed, um, kind of comes through and passing, including like living in Chicago and like living in Harlem and kind of being this like, you know, Irene being this like well-to-do kind of black lady um, in the 20s with like a husband who's a doctor and that kind of thing. So the book and the movie. The book and the movie are pretty similar. There's, like, some cuts made and some scenes, but, like, Rebecca was doing her thing. I think she did a really good job adapting this because, like, she, the parts that she cut, they still kind of find their way in the movie somehow. So you don't feel like you're losing, like, a whole bunch other than, like, Claire and Irene's, like, early lives, I think. I think if she had cut, include those, it might have been too much. But... The book and the movie both follow two women, Irene, played by Tessa Thompson, and Claire, played by Ruth Nega, who reconnect after 12 years. Claire is passing, that is living like a white woman, or as a white woman, 
and she's married to a white man, we will get to. (laughs) (laughs) And Irene passes on occasion, but for the majority, she lives her life as a black woman with a black family and black clothing. Um, So there's also a lot in the book that talks about because I, because I listened to the audiobook, I think it kind of um, really kind of made certain things <laughs> more apparent than I remember when I first watched the movie, um, including classism, because, like, um, Claire doesn't have, this is, these are, like, semi-well-off or, like, well-off people, like, Claire is actually rich, and, um, but they have maids. Claire doesn't have any white ma- or any black maids at all because she's, you know, She's in stealth mode. But Irene has a black maid who is darker skinned. And in the book, or like in the audio book, like when the author or like the narrator was like doing the the different voices, it was so apparent mm-hmm. <laughs> of like what her station in life was because it got a little, you know, the voice got a little bit more lazy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, oh, God. And she's also described as like, like an ebony creature and like parts of the book, like like that letter that Claire writes talking about, oh, in my pale life. <laughs> and they're described as being pale and olive skinned and white as a lily and all these other like descriptors. But um, I think her name was, what's her name? Zoo? Is that what the maid's name was? Um, it's in my notes somewhere, but I took a lot of notes. I think her name was Zoo. It was short for something. And um, yeah, the maid is described as being like ebony and like a creature. And that's so gross. <laughs> well, that's what people be doing to darker skinned people. So it ain't nothing that people ain't already doing <laughs> and don't probably have no issue with it. But you can see it front and center here. Um, now, on to Rebecca. Had you ever heard of Rebecca Hall before she did this movie? Um, vaguely. I think I've like heard her name and things, but I don't think I'd ever seen her. She's been in movies I've seen, but I don't think I've ever recognized that it was her. I have heard of her because I've I've heard of her because I have planned to watch a film that she was in, and I didn't watch it because the um. The subject matter was a bit much, um, but it was on my watch list. And at the time that I was going to watch it, I was like, oh, okay, you can't watch this right now. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's come back to it a little later. Right. Um, but she was on my, I've been aware of who she was as an actress. Right. Yeah. I think she's like her name. Comes, I feel like she was in something with, um. With Dan Stevens, but I can't. I think they're friends or something. Maybe I don't know. Cause I think isn't she British? I think so. Yeah. Um. I feel like that's what. Uh, yeah, cause she was born in London, so I feel like they were in a thing together. That's when I first heard her name. Cause she was in Iron Man three. And I have she was, never seen any of the Iron Mans outside of Iron Man 1. Wow. Okay. Well, I have actually seen... <laughs> she was in The Prestige, which I have not seen. Um, oh, okay. And she... I don't know what character she was. 
and she's been Professor Marston and the Wonder Women, which I keep saying little watch and I haven't. Um, she's in a few things from what I can tell. So, um, but this is her first movie. This is her directorial debut. Um, and I believe, I mean, I think she identifies as white. Um, when you look at her, you would say that's a white lady. But her mother was uh, an opera singer named Maria Ewing. Um, and she was Dutch and black via her paternal grandfather, which I think he was like a, her grandfather, her great grandfather was like a former slave. Um, they did like a whole, um, she went on TV, Rebecca did, um, on a show called Finding Your Roots where they do like the core, like they somehow figure out your genealogy and they'll tell you, um, I forget what they have. It's like some version of it in the U.S. They'll take like a famous person like this is who you're related to and you even find out that you might be cousins with somebody else that's famous and you didn't know mm-hmm. um there's been a lot of conflicting reports about her mother whether her mother knew she was black and if she was proud of it because like her mother was like we well we might be black <laughs> but her biography says like she knew she was black and proud of it so i don't know what she told rebecca um so rebecca researched her family's history and that inspired her adapting this or a book into a movie. I think it took her like six years to get this movie made because she was just like unwilling to compromise on a lot of things. Um, and so um, this brings us to the casting. <laughs> the day they announced this movie, like when Netflix showed the poster or whatever, <laughs> God, that was such a fucking terrible time. <laughs> that was a fucking awful day. I mean, Funny if you like jokes, but like sometimes, you know, Twitter can beat the shit out of a dead horse. <laughs> and so people are like, this casting is all wrong. They should have got an actual white person to do this. Like, not an actual white person, but like a white passing person, which people, you know, the whole like passing, not passing, like passing or white passing or like the definition is always kind of fuzzy online. Because um, lots of people just say, like, you have a black ancestor, but you're a white person, or you like you might be black, but you look very, very white. Um, that's not like obviously we said what the definition of passing was, which I um at first I was just like, Oh, that's what they mean by passing, is like living your life as a white person. But then I thought about like other forms of passing, um, and how like that could be like, you know, people will pass for like safety reasons and things like that um you know like in gender passing and things like that so like that that sort of made more sense to me but people were beating that dead horse and they should have casted paris jackson <laughs> no <laughs> i was like oh who are these people y'all are digging up first of all because <laughs> there was a lot of people i was like who are these people <laughs> who are these i'm people? gonna keep real with y'all when they announced the cast i was like Yikes. So, who, who, okay, we got some actors, and then we got somebody. So, we should just say, this is what our third Tessa Thompson movie, I believe, after Sorry to Bother You and School Days. So, it's been a minute, because we haven't talked about this in a long time. Dear white people, dear white people. Yeah, Yeah. dear white people. Yeah, you said School Days. Oh, that's School Days. Sorry, we watched School Days. Um, Dear White People and... Because we watched School Days and Dear White People together, right? School Days and Sorry yeah, to Bother You. Dear White People and Sorry to Bother You. My bad. Yeah. 
Yeah, sorry. She was not old enough to be in school days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we, it's been a minute since we watched those. Um, and I don't it was know. like, we have someone who was in an Oscar. Like, it, Oscars are whatever, but we have someone in like a beautiful, beautiful film with Andre Holland. So we know, we know what he could do. He was also in American Horror Story. But that's besides the point. <laughs> and somehow Ryan Murphy talks these people into being that that thing that he I used got, to enjoy. Damn, he got multiple Oscar winners in that shit. Cause Cuba, he played Cuba Gooden Jr. in that season. Damn. Yeah, um. in that se- it was it Roanoke or whatever. I attempted to watch, and I was like, I don't like how this is going. Just structurally, I'm not watching this. Where Angela Bassett? Damn, Angela Bassett okay. was. Oh yeah, Angela Bassett was. <laughs> But the Damn. premise is always fun. It's just the execution and then the fact that he can't carry something to complete. Although I just watched the Andy Warhol Diaries and he executive produced it. And I feel like he might have done something else. And those are really good. But also they're yeah, the they foundation were. of but like that little Andy Starries. I'm sorry. That no, was that was up. terrible. Enough. Because you know they did that for <laughs> Anthony Bourdain's thing. They like got a voice of him. And I was like, if it sounds like that. And Andy does have like, a very distinctive voice. But then you hear the AI version. You're just like, you can just let Bill Irwin just do the fucking, like, you can just let him do this. Like, somebody could have read it. Y'all got that little robot voice doing that. I was like, it I wasn't don't helping. think he would appreciate, appreciate that. He probably would have. You know, if you had to turn him into a robot at one point, he probably would have loved that shit. He would love the content, uh, content creator era. He would have been all over this shit. He also would have been like he would have been on TikTok. <laughs> he would have been like a hundred almost. <laughs> he would have been duetting with everybody. <laughs> God, Andy, you would have loved this era, but you know, just gone a little bit too early. But yeah, I am. Um, I don't know if we've come around on Tessa here. I mean, I don't have a problem with her li- like literally and like, but you know, I'm just always like, I don't know about this. <laughs> and Ruth, I, I love. Mean, Ruth, I, I adore. I will watch anything that Ruth does because I think she's just very talented. Um, except for that Warcraft movie, I'm not watching that. But like anything else she attempts to do, I will do. I will watch. Yeah. So. I will say, upon like, I've watched this film three times. Bless Tessa Hart. And I don't mean that in an old Southern way. Bless her heart. That was a genuine. Well, <laughs> you, you try, baby girl. And I appreciate that. Like, to bless you. You are growing in your craft, and I appreciate your growth. You have come a long way, baby girl. I think I like I liked her in um in that Thor movie. I think she was fun. Don't think she got Yeah, like, she was fun as um Valkyrie. Yeah. That's been such a long time since I've seen that too. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean I just feel like Ruth is just a powerhouse. She's very, she was carrying it. She was. It, she's very expressive. Um, I don't know why she didn't get nominated for an Oscar. I don't know why Netflix is not press like pushing, passing more. It's too fucking late now. Because by the time this comes out, the Oscars will have already came and went. I think they're this weekend or mm-hmm. next weekend. Something. I don't have cable anymore, so I'm not gonna really know. <laughs> and Miss Miss Jane done shot fucking Kirsten's oscar in the foot so thank you for that <laughs> we're yeah, done here some parents ain't getting shit oh. 
we were almost there. I really do think that Kirsten deserves an award of some kind because, like, she is very overlooked as an actress. And um, here go Miss Jane had to make a joke about sexism and put down a black woman on top of it. <sighs> The skill in which she did it, because I didn't watch the clip, but she just looks so like, haha, this is so funny. It's just like, you don't think black ladies also face like sexism, especially when Venus and Serena. It's well documented. It's so well documented. All the things that they have suffered from men and women. (laughs) Serena more so than Venus, I think. But, like, girl, that was musty. At one point, you could have had some solidarity. You chose to be ridiculous. Like, oh, we're not going through the same thing. And it's like, yeah, we're not. We're actually having a worse time <laughs> down here. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, this is our, thir- like we said, third Tessa thing. Uh, first Ruth movie, I believe. Um, yes. When they announced the casting, I was just kind of like, Again, with the conversations with how colors would kind of go, I'm just like, oh, this is going to be some sad-ass light skin problems. <laughs> I don't know if I want to watch this, because people said this movie was really good. I think there were people who got to watch this a lot earlier, um, like, through the festival circuit, and said it was good, and they were like, I hope this um, makes some waves and stuff. I feel like it should. And so when the poster came out, I was just like, oh, this is kind of ridiculous. But I bring all that up to say, from Rebecca, she said that there is a history of these movies being played by white women, and I want to redress that. Um, it also came from a desire to put the audience in the shoes of families who witnessed a, rel- a relative of theirs pass. You're left thinking, can everyone see what I'm seeing? <laughs> Are they going to get found out? The danger is more immediate, and danger there was. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yay! Um, and she was very insistent that it be shot in black and white. I think it just kind of, you know, with the black and white, kind of does a little trickery. Like, if it was in color, you'd be like, these are black people. Yeah. Like, like Ruth next to fucking Alexander Skarsgård. This is a black lady. <laughs> well, and then if you would have, if it was shot in color, then some of the things that he would say would uh, fuck uh, shit. John, he going, he is in hell. Yeah. Um, he, he, he is walking burning up in hell with a lot of y'all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's a walking demon. He wasn't just going straight to hell. He was going home. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, God. Like, let's just dive in because shit. Like, yeah. Those are all my notes. Um, it's, girl. <laughs> this, okay. First of all, like, this movie is heavy. It is so heavy. The whole, like, it is, uh, it made me think of all the horror movies. <laughs> yeah, this is low-key a horror movie. Um, because it is terrifying. It's, okay, I know Freddy Krueger can't get me. I know Jason can't come hack me up with a machete. Um, but it, with that attitude, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> um, but racism and the danger that racism puts you in is real intangible. Um, like, the crime, like, those, those are real dangers uh, for Black people, like, every day. Um, so, the situation, like, it's a situation that 
Claire is in where she's in, she's in real danger every second of her life. Whether she, she knows it, like she knows. She does. Um, she knows what kind of danger that she's in. She knows what kind of marriage that she has. She knows what kind of danger her family is in. Um, so it is a very stressful situation that it, it it's a, it's a horror movie. Yeah, it's pretty, like, it's pretty terrifying. Um, and for this to be written in, like, 1928 or 1929 or published in 1929, like, I mean, we're coming up on the 100th anniversary of this movie or in, of this book. And, um, yeah, racism is still scary, girl. Because <laughs> <laughs> I could just pretty much do anything and said you were being threatening and this is all your fault. And there you yeah. go, off to the crossroads and you get to do whatever on Earth. Um, so I guess in the beginning, the movies and the book, do follow like similar paths. There's some parts that get omitted. Um, and like I said, like Rebecca kind of wrote in different ways, which I think was good, um, which I will bring up. Um, so the movie starts with Irene and um, this hat girl. She was like, let me conceal a little bit more. <laughs> she had that brim low. She had the brim down to her fucking chin. <laughs> Um, she's walking around um, Chicago, I believe, and she is looking for a gift for her son. And she goes into this toy store. Um, there's some old white women there who are looking at dolls. And one decides, says, I'm considering buying a Piccaninny doll for my daughter. Um, and the other one's like, I have, I'm happy my Dar never met a colored uh, who didn't work for us. Um, so that's the environment that she's going into to buy this um, this uh, birthday gift. Um, also, this is really Tessa's, this accent, I don't know. <laughs> was very, I guess it's supposed to be genteel, but like, I don't know. It was supposed to be, because the characters are from Chicago. Um, in the book, and I was kind of wondering, like, where is Tessa supposed to be from? Like, where is Irene supposed to be from in this movie? Which just might be Tessa's voice. I don't know. It's like a vague, a well to do, like, old time accent. Like, it's when you are watching TikToks and you see like a youngin do like that, what they imagine like a uh, transatlantic accent is. Like, yeah, I watched Double Indemnity last night, and <laughs> I'm going to do this for my TikTok. Like, yeah. that's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I can't do it, but it's like, I'm come over and see me sometime, big boy. Like, that's. Yeah, that ain't <laughs> Mae West. <laughs> yeah, um, it's kind of a weird accent. I didn't really like it that much, but she ends up going to get uh, tea at the Drayton Hotel, which. I'm assuming it's a white hotel. Um, and she goes up to the roof um, at the suggestion of a taxi driver because it's got some, like, nice, you know, breezy rooftop diner up there. Um, and, you know, the scene is nice. I would like to say, 
I guess I don't know what kind of like lens or whatever this is, but like a lot of things were like in focus on like the characters themselves, and then everything else would be like vaguely out of focus, even other characters. Um, so like Ruth and Claire are like almost like all the time like in focus. Um, and uh, I was also thinking, I was like, you got a hat on indoors because they don't really let you do that. At. <laughs> At this time of uh, history. <laughs> but um, Irene is just chilling there, and she's kind of, you know, putting her powder on, and she kind of catches the eye of this other woman. And the book is, like, she's, she's terrified. Staring. Yeah, because the lady is staring at her and staring, and, like, and like in the book she's like, oh, you know, people never perceive me to be, like, black. Like, they might think I'm, like, Mexican or, like, Native American or something. They never think I'm black. But then the lady's still looking at her like, hey, you. <laughs> and then she gets up and comes over and Claire's, or Irene's about to get up and like hoof it. She's like, oh no, my cover is blown. Um, but Claire sits down. She's like, oh, don't you remember me? And the girl's like, Irene's like, girl, no. <laughs> And Claire, like, laughs, and that's kind of how she remembers her from her laugh. Um, and they start talking. She's like, oh, shit, you're like, you, <laughs> you're Claire? <laughs> oh, like, what the fuck? And so they're talking, and Claire's hair, this wig, this wig was the, the part that was like, this is a farce. <laughs> Very farcical wig. It's, um... Very interesting. It's very stiff. Very um, stiff. I mean, our grandmother's hairs, you know, our grandmother's wigs were never really, you know, stiff wear. It was always a little bit <laughs> shellacked. <laughs> but this was very interesting. No parting. No. It, it, it was, it was, it was, it was a, cho- a choice. <laughs> I'm hoping that goes to the choice know, of it being ridiculous. You know, you got to do what you can. Mm, yeah. On a time crunch and a budget. <laughs> I don't know what the budget was for this. We need to look at that. Um, at $10 million, which is not a lot in the grand scheme of things. Um, you know. <laughs> um, so they're talking and like, they're talking about I think it's been 12 years, right, that they haven't seen each other. And uh, Irene is married to a doctor. She has two sons. Um, Claire is married to her husband, <laughs> and who's white. And she has a daughter named Marjorie, which in the book, like, and also parts of this movie kind of give a tell that she really does not care for being a mother at all. Mm-hmm. She um she gives kind of the impression that if she could at a moment's notice she would leave Marjorie behind, <laughs> and I was like I don't I don't think she likes this child. <laughs> God yeah. bless. Um, but Claire's husband is a banker, so she's rich and does not know that she is black, which is when the chaos comes. Yeah, he does yeah. not know. No, he does not know. Um, but Claire is very eager to like hang out with Irene and um, talk about coming back to New York. Um, But Irene's like, girl, I still live in Harlem. So 
And she's like, yeah. Like, she's basically just like, I live in Harlem with black people. I don't know how you're going to do it. (laughs) I don't know how you're going to do it, girl. Um, And in the book, there's, like, some time difference between when they meet and when they actually, like, meet. Like, this first meeting and when she meets um, Claire's husband, there's, like, because... I don't know what the time difference is because I feel like this happens over like a couple of years. Um, but there's the next scene um, because Claire's like, oh, come up to my room. We'll have a, some real, like a real party. We'll like hang out and like drink and stuff. And um, they are up in her room and they mention someone named Gertrude and Fred, which I need to break down because <laughs> in the book, Gertrude is another woman who also passes um, that they know from childhood or whatever. Um, and she's also there when John comes. So she gets to witness all the fun things happen. <laughs> mm. And um, so Gertrude's husband is white, but he actually knows that she's black. And he don't have a problem with it. Um, but Gertrude and Claire are talking about how their kids are and how they will work. Because Claire's like, I'm not having no more kids because I was worried the whole time that my child would come out dark. And Gertie yes. also said that I hope my kids come out. I hoped my kids came out light. And I was happy where they were. And like Irene is sitting there like momentarily kind of pissed off because her kids are dark. <laughs> She's like, well, my kids are dark. And they're like, oh, well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. And I was just kind of like, I like paused it. I had to pause it at this part because I was just like, damn. I was like, my grandmother was not alive in the 20s, but my great grandmother would have been like, I don't know, at this point, maybe like in her teens or something. And so I'm like, this would be like my great great grandmother conversation. I was like, oh, like how much of this is being passed down to like black women from like, your grandmothers to your mothers and your aunts and all that and they're just passing to all this day here. yeah because like we i get, mean we get the notion day, but to this day yeah <laughs> enter the meme here <laughs> they like because like we get the notions of like of like these things from white people as far as like what's valued in society but we're the ones still passing it down to each other like, when you think about, like, a conversation that you had and you have been told, like, don't stay out in the sun too long or you'll get dark. Oh, my God. Or when the baby's color is going to come in, you got to look at, oh, God, you got to no. look at the ears and you'll see the color of the baby. And if the ears are dark, then the baby's going to be dark. Like, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I think they talk about, like, teeth shape in here, too, in the book, at least. Like markers that people would use, they go, "That's a black person," which I was like, "I've never seen a black person's teeth be shaped differently." But that's the kind of creepy uh, anthropological uh, supremacy, white supremacist notions <laughs> that come out on the internet to this day. I mean, see people like, "Oh, well, you can see by that nose that that's a negro." Like, I'm like, "What?" <laughs> you think every wide-nosed person is a black person for real? And it's all, like, fine. Like, it's all fine. It's it's a baby. They're people. It's all fine. Yeah. And cosmetic surgery exists. So, like, 
But also, it's, I'm just like, why are you being so weird about your kid if you love your kid? <sighs> because of this. Hmm. Like, it... Why is it fancy? Like, it's, it's because of this. Like, yeah. Because it's never like a white person telling you, like, oh, you got to check your baby. <laughs> check your baby. It's like your aunts and your your grandmothers and your mothers. And, like, girl, what? Like, it's so- because, like, way back when, somebody did check the baby. Probably. Yeah. Like, somebody did check the baby. Yeah. And, like, we're just continuing that, which is so detrimental. Because you expect that, like, you you expect that outside of our community, but, like, to have that still happen inside your community, be like, well, check your baby. Don't let your baby go outside. You know. No, you got to wear a hat. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you got to wear, like, you got to wear sunscreen to protect (laughs) sun cancer. Yeah, it's never about skin cancer. It's usually about you getting dark. Because I remember my friend, my friend is not black. Um, she's a woman of color and I remember we going out and she's like oh I don't want to wear this because I don't want to get darker I was just like what I was like you're not even you're like a nice light tan <laughs> it's like what's the problem this comes out so much and like I mean it's pretty much like a universal thing across like different communities of color but yikes bruh yeah and it took me a while like I didn't think that it affected other communities like it affected ours. It does. Um, And I was like, wow, when I realized that it did. Yeah, there's like huge industries about being light. Um, Lots of um, retailers do not accept light or darker, like certain ranges of makeup um, because of that. So, you know, if you're a darker skin person in like a certain country, um you can't find makeup of your color um yeah it's real bad <laughs> it's it's really fucked for some reason black people as like a whole have this like this idea that other communities of color are like perfectly united and that's in their like values and goals and things i'm like no we're, we're, a lot of us are dealing with the same same type of shit <laughs> and we might perpetuate it to other people but yeah it's just rough out here for Pretty much all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I mean, back to the movie. Like I said, Claire was like, I'm not having another kid because I don't want it to come out dark. And um, she asked about uh, Irene's husband, who Irene's like, my kids are dark and my husband does not pass. Sorry. I think Claire is surprised that Irene is not passing like she is because she kind of treats it as like, oh, girl, anybody can do this. Yeah, like she's like, oh, you not you? Cause I saw you down. Yeah, you here with me, and you not. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, she did that. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay, girl. I mean, no offense. <laughs> I was like, no, no. <laughs> she's and then uh, Irene's like, I just dabble. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she dabbles because she wants like the benefits without having to do the whole like uproot your life and never talk to your friends again <laughs> thing that Claire is doing because even just her being in that in the in the room like the hotel room she's like girl I don't know about this <laughs> and she's like 
Claire's like, oh, no, girl, it's fine, you know. Like, she wanted her to meet her stupid-ass husband so bad. I could tell. Because she was like, yeah, like, let's have some tea. Let's... She Okay. It, it's twofold. Like, what I think is happening in this particular moment while she was trying to pull up, because Irene's like, I gotta get the book. <laughs> you just know. know. You just she's know, like, like, I shouldn't be here. This is she's bad like, I gotta get the, the fuck. I gotta get the fuck. Let me get my shit, like, and go. Gotta get the fuck. And um, Claire's like, no, girl, you can stay. I'm gonna get some drinks, you know, get some, we can get some tea, I'm gonna get a little champagne glasses, you know how we do. Yeah, no, she was hype as fuck to have her in that room. But I think why she was trying to prolong this meeting is like, at, like for the movie point of view, is like this particular life can be a little isolating and lonely because you have abandoned, like, from like what was familiar. You run into somebody who knows you. And is presumably doing the same thing that you're doing and you have like a shared secret. So if she tell on you, you could tell on her and y'all are bonded by this experience because if you didn't, like, if any of you tell, like, you're going to be in the same situation. So you know that you won't tell on one another. Um, yeah, so, Claire would definitely take her down to hell with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, I have a... I have a friend right now that I can relate to and talk to about what's going on. And I can speak freely about my past, what's going on and have somebody to relate to. So that's probably why she was trying to get her to stay in this hotel room for a little bit. Cause you can kind of like take your mask off for a little bit and just take your wig off and just (laughs) let your hair down for a little bit. Take them twins out. Even if it's for... 15 seconds. Yeah, she's probably been, like, dying to do that for the last, like, decade or whatever. Um, so, um, I guess the reason why that Claire decides to pass, really, is because, like, she was, she's biracial. I think her father had died um, and was taken in by her white aunts. And when she turned 18, she got married to this dude, John. And she tells Irene that she's happy because it's got a little dig at each other about, oh, I have everything I wanted. I don't need to pass. And Claire's like, well, I have everything I ever wanted, which is like money and security and stuff. Um, because her baby's about to go to like school in Switzerland, mm-hmm. which I was like, well, she can only do that for one reason because she's white <laughs> and rich. <laughs> but she looks white, probably. Um, I also really love it when she orders a. a she orders the drink and she said, we'll take a picture of iced tea and champagne flutes. And I was like, oh, look at that metaphor. <laughs> you in the highfalutin little champagne glass, but you just a little iced tea girl. <laughs> but oh, Lord, this is when things go sideways. Um <laughs> I do not like, like, this scared me. Like, um, I did not like this energy. It gave me so much anxiety. And I was like, I need to get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, like, I was ready to leave my home. Oh, God. Um, 
just the introduction alone, because this motherfucker came in there talking about some nigga. <laughs> like, no, you can't do like a Dick Van Dyke entrance to somebody's house, greeting your wife, calling them a fucking slur. Like, <laughs> no, I don't care what kind of relationship y'all have. Like, you cannot do that. There are so many people. I think some dude just got exposed like a couple weeks ago about having like a girlfriend who was like probably not black, um, who called him all kinds of things. And like, they really do be okay with it. And I'm just like, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be this way. You don't have to let them talk to you like this. As we have said in the past, you're a people. You are people. Like, and don't let somebody dehumanize you in this manner. Like, yeah, that's just so gross. But this man came home on the Honey, I'm Home ship. They called her a slur. And um, his name is John. I think it was John Bellevue, right? Mm-hmm. And um, played by someone I actually like watching, which is <laughs> Alexander Skarsgård. Uh, on a roll as far as terrible people. Because um, I was watching this again for the podcast, and I was like, I bet she saw him in that fucking television show in Big Little Lies um, because he has this energy. First of all, Alexander Skardar is very tall. <laughs> um, also, he's from Sweden. So, I mean, he's not blonde, but... <laughs> I think of when you think of like white people, you would think like Swedish, maybe, as far as just being like, oh, that's a very possibly homogenous place. Um, but also, like in Big Little Lies, um, he was just naturally just very scary. I mean, his character is terrible, but um, also he just had this energy of like, you know, he's. He's, like, a family man, right? But he's also abusing the shit out of his wife and, like, going out and, like, raping people. And so he's got this, like, mask of, like, gentility and stuff. But he's actually a fucking horrible person. And in here, like, he just gave the energy of, like, I could snap you in half. If something went sideways, I could snap you in half. And that's how he was doing it this one, too. And I was like, Claire, get out of there. Irene, first and foremost, probably get out of there. But Claire, you too. <laughs> take, I, take Claire with you. <laughs> like, y'all, y'all gotta go. Like, yeah. As soon as somebody walk in the door talking about Nick and it's oh. uh, black people in the room, like. You know the energy. You know what's gonna give. Y'all gotta go. And then That's, everybody start, like, two of the people in the room start laughing and you uncomfortable. Like, you gotta go. You gotta get yourself and go. Yeah. Um, so she's like, let me explain. Oh, because Claire's like, oh, did you hear what he called me? <laughs> and I was like, well, that's not a good thing, girl. <laughs> but, like, he just basically says that, oh, when I met her, she was, like, you know, lily white. And um, but every day she's just gotten darker and darker um and he said like i told her one day you're gonna wake up and you're gonna find out that you've turned yourself into a nigger <laughs> and, and they start cracking up and irene is like <laughs> it's all the last you're just like girl it wasn't that funny <laughs> but she's laughing she out of like sheer panic like 
It's so much to be revealed at once. And I would be like, um, you know what? I think I left my stove on. <laughs> in, at the another house. City. <laughs> in another city. <laughs> and I gotta go. So, so back to New York. I had to catch a flight right now or a train or whatever they were doing back then. They got a carriage outside waiting for me. I catch y'all on the carriage, <laughs> bitch. There was a car. <laughs> there was an accident. They got a little horse outside for me. Boop. Gotta go. Taking it back to the 1890s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is terrified. Um, and also, John is like, because I guess, like, she's mad, first of all, uh, and also scared. But she's like, well, do you know any Negroes? And um, and he's like, yeah, no. <laughs> he's like, hell no, I don't know them. I hate them. Yeah, he's like, he's like, no, I don't. What did he say? He was like, I don't dislike them. I hate them. Just like as a fact of life, I fucking hate them. And I was like, uh, would you like some more to drink? Uh, <laughs> Basically, just like as calm and uh, cool and collected. As you could be in a in a situation like that. And I was like, well, you should probably get the fuck out of there, girl, because he will snap. And then he also says that Claire doesn't have black maids. Um, like, she won't let any in the house. And he said all they do, all Negroes do is rob and kill. Well, I don't think he said Negroes. But, like, because um, I think at this point, saying Negroes would be the appropriate term. We hadn't gotten to African-American yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's just like, oh, all they do is rob and kill people they're terrible people mm-hmm. and Claire's like oh no stay stay hang out with some more and Irene's like girl no <laughs> I don't know what Claire wanted her to think like you can't just spring aggressive super racism on somebody <laughs> like this like <laughs> it was as casual as aggressive racism could be like, this is scary. Like, you can't just bring this on somebody and then be like, hey, what, what's up? No. Girl, because one false move and that shit would be over and you ain't coming home to New York. Like, she literally just said that, like, no, I don't do this often. No, like, my, like, I live in Harlem. Like, she just explained her entire life and then you do this is like, what made you think she would be okay and comfortable with all this information? Yeah, like you black. She black. You haven't been passing that long to know that this is a dangerous, horrible thing to do. So she like, okay, bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, she dips. <laughs> um, so we see her later, Irene, um, walking through Harlem. Um, I forget how much time passes between her meeting John and um, and this moment. Um, but she has her, you see her house is a very nice house. Um, and she's got her maid, Zoo, and, um, you know, her two kids and Andre Holland. So her and her husband have kind of a weird relationship because obviously they love each other, but... Um, they have a lot of disagreements about how to raise their children. He wants their children to be... Okay. 
he wants their children to be aware of issues that would affect them as black people. Yeah. And she wants them to be colorblind, essentially. She doesn't think that they should be aware of anything that affect them. And you can't do that. No, you can't. <laughs> Especially she, I don't want to be late, but like she's raising two, two, two black men in the 20s. Yeah. Like, so you have to be very mindful of what kind of situations that they could potentially be in. Yeah. I um, mean, because <laughs> we also think, you know, everybody likes to think of like the North as being like this you know, safe haven from racism, but that's not the truth. Yeah. And this is still, like, what, like, maybe, I would say, like, like maybe a decade or so before, like, Emmett Till, no, maybe a couple decades before Emmett Till was murdered. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is an ongoing thing. (laughs) Um, And, you know, Moms and dads still have to tell their kids, like, yeah, there is a high chance that you could be called something not very nice when you go outside, and it's not your fault. These people are terrible. <laughs> um, I just thought it was kind of like, I mean, girl, why? I mean, I know you want them to be kids, but, like, that's not what's going to happen for them. Because um, she's like, I don't want them to grow up thinking the world's a terrible place, and Brian's like, well, girl. But also, I would say, Brian be uh, trying to put them on game, like, at the most inappropriate times. He's <laughs> like, yes, we are reading Corduroy, the book. And <laughs> <laughs> so a young man was lynched outside the home. Like, like, they're wait, about to go what? to bed. They're about to go to bed in probably a couple of hours. And you go, like, here, by the way. And they strung him up. And then they shot him, and then they dragged him in the street. Girl, excuse it's me. It's like you can't put those images in these young, like they're little boys. You can't put these images in their heads right now. Like, also, you have to find a way to frame it better. Like, they should be aware, but you don't have to go into very explicit detail about what. Yeah, happened. I'm like, are these kids like under ten? Yeah, like. <laughs> Wow. Like maybe like eleven. Yeah, because one of them is already kind of learning about like sex and stuff. Which yeah, Claire is very or not Claire. Sorry, Irene is very um kind of concerned about. Which Brian's like, I don't understand what the problem is because sex is a joke. If sex isn't a joke, then what is it? And I was like, that's an interesting take to have back in the twenties. Where does that come from? <laughs> I was like, is that a slant? Is that a slight against you, <laughs> Irene? <laughs> I'm very confused. Also, Brian has a, a well, he's got a lot of things, first of all. He doesn't seem like he wants to be a doctor anymore. He's over it. Um, he's tired of sick people. Um, he's tired of their families. He's tired of all of it. And he probably, if you're a black doctor, he probably works in a shitty hospital. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so. Or like an underfunded, under, like, and not having all the materials that you need to properly treat people yeah. the way that a white hospital would have. Like, you don't have all the resources that you would need to properly treat everyone. Yeah. Because um, I was reading Nella's um, Wikipedia page, and she worked 
I think she like either worked or like kind of did her like first year kind of thing of nursing or whatever at this hospital and like all the doctors were white and all the nurses were black. So I'm kind of wondering like what they did with him as a black doctor. Like where was he placed and stuff? Because it doesn't seem like it would have been very common. Um, but he's over it. He doesn't like it. He's tired of the doctor thing. And he is sort of really set on moving to Brazil, um, which seems like something that they had talked about maybe prior to them having children. Yeah, he wants to leave me. Like, yeah. he's ready to be out. He's over a lot of stuff, and I think he also over <laughs> I know in the book, and I might have missed this in the movie, but I know it was in the book that they talked about Brazil being like a like a safe haven, I guess, quote unquote, for like black people, because there's a lot of black people in Brazil. Um, but, you know, John was like, yeah, the only problem with Brazil is that there's so many, you know, black people there. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what a terrible person. Um, and then um, I guess on the passing book wiki, it says that because um, they're talking about the subject of homosexuality, which is in kind of, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. Um, <laughs> it says the character of her husband, Brian, has, off, has been subject to a similar interpretation. Irene's label of labeling of him as queer and his oft expressed desire to go to Brazil, a country then widely thought to be more tolerant of homosexuality than the United States um, was are given as evidence. It was also shown that Brazil was considered to be a place with more relaxed ideas about race, which they do have racism in Brazil. So I don't know if this is like a romanticization of another country that you've never been to. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how everybody dipped to France. Yeah. Oh, but he's, there's still racism. <laughs> it's it's going to follow you everywhere, girl. Um, so yeah, they argue about this a lot and it kind of brings Irene a lot of stress. Um, but she mainly spends her time doing charity work um, and she's organizing the a dance for the Negro League, which I guess is like the pre, what, NAACP? I think so. Like, like akin to it. Yeah, like that's just like a proto version of it. Um, and Claire has been sending her so many letters, <laughs> which she sent, she showed one to <laughs> to Brian. And fucking, the way Andre Holland reads this letter, he's like, oh, with my pale life, this pale life of mine. <laughs> And he was like, why don't you just tell her to leave me alone? He's like, I don't want anything to do with that woman. I told you about her, how her husband came in here calling us nicks and stuff. And I, she's just horrible and I hate her. And he's like, just tell her to leave me the fuck alone, damn. I, I mean, that's really all it comes down to is, girl, I'm not interested in talking to you again. I'm sorry. Yeah. But maybe she wants to have, it's like a, you know, like a an image thing of not wanting to seem like the bad person. But you clearly don't want to be around. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, she just doesn't want to give John the opportunity to call her like a slur because she didn't get called a slur. But like, you know, somebody freely calls somebody a nig. <laughs> it's gonna happen to you, girl. At least she got some sense that way. Um, but I do thought I do think it was funny and kind of interesting when there was. Because she's basically like, why is she bothering me? Like, you think she'd be just satisfied being white? No. 
<laughs> she wants more. She wants it all, girl. Um, and some more time passes, and Claire shows up at the house, knocking on the door, like, "Hey, yeah. hey, girl!" And Irene's like, "Hey," <laughs> she's mad. Is she? What are you doing here? <laughs> It was basically Claire being like, are you going to write me back or not? Didn't you get my letters? <laughs> ah, good luck. I mean, I might have. <laughs> you know, I've just been so busy. I didn't have time to write back. So. Girl. Um, yeah, she said she had to go to the post office to see, like, if she had gotten a letter. And there she was like, oh, they're going to think I was having an affair. Um, and Irene's like, girl, it's just not safe for you to come here. Like, what if your husband comes looking for you? And Claire's like, oh, yeah, 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 you're right. It's just like she completely, like, does not realize that this would be, like, a thing that could happen to her. And she, like, dismisses it. She'll it'll be all right. It's going to be all right, girl. And I was like, no, it won't. <laughs> She's like, and, and again, it's like, you can't, you really can't be down here. Like, you, you can't be here. You can't in this neighborhood? I mean, for your own safety. I mean, like, his, her husband would never, like, go to Harlem willingly. Um, but, like, for your own safety, it's not okay for you to be here. Um, but Claire is like, oh, I just want to see, you know, where you live, because, you know, you seem to have a good, a true good life, and you're free, and you're safe, and I don't even know what that is anymore. And I was like, so she seems to be very... Not entirely self-aware, but she seems to be aware that she has put herself in like a between a rock and a hard place. Mm-hmm. She just want a taste of what it would be like to be around black people again. Yeah, be black again. Yeah, she's just like, oh y'all, y'all, y'all having a great time. I want to be in here, and and then like you know, Irene's concerned about her daughter, <laughs> and all Clara says is, I think being a mother is the cruelest thing in the world. And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> this baby. Oh, this baby. Bless her. We haven't seen her, but we never going to see her, and God bless <laughs> I know it's going to be rough for her. Like, what, happened? Like, what would happen if everybody found out? She's like, what would happen if everybody found out? Mm. <laughs> what would happen? Marjorie getting taken away, and she's gonna be named, or she's gonna be raised as a white woman. She's never gonna hear your name again. Is what's gonna happen. Mm. It's like I just came down here for a good time. <laughs> yeah, apparently, like white people would come to Harlem to go to dances for like for fun. Mm-hmm. Get a taste of that jazz music, I guess. There's so many parallels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just trying to think when I don't know. There's like a novelist that Irene is friendly with, like a fictional novelist. His name is Hugh Wentworth, who like regularly comes to like the Negro <sighs> League events. Um, and I guess he like they kind of expand on his whole thing in his like in the book where he like almost gets ideas from coming up there to like put in his stories. But like, what do you like BuzzFeed like mining content? <laughs> hey, uh, well, he's a writer. <laughs> <laughs> not saying that you can't like get your ideas from places but I feel like if you're specifically going to a specific neighborhood 
which you would not usually be at during normal business hours <laughs> that you might be doing something nefarious and he brings like his wife and stuff too so they're both mm-hmm. just you know cutting up just down there yeah and is this the scene where she brings Claire to the dance um, it's before we haven't gotten there yet. Um, I did want to mention that she does win over the children, which I think will come back later. Like Claire ends up like because the kids are kind of at that age where they're just kind of like talking back a little bit. Like one of them talks back. Um, I think it's like Junior or something. Like Brian Junior. Um, is the one that's like a little bit sort of like don't come in here. <laughs> also, uh, Irene drops a plant out of the window, and I was like, oh foreshadowing mm-hmm. oh, i see you rebecca i see you bitch. <laughs> um and then this is the part where they talk about so their maid's name is zuella i finally found it um and um claire the way claire talks about her is gross <laughs> or sorry not zuella zulina my bad like she's property like she's like cattle like that yeah. kind of like she's sizing her up like oh she's just sturdy and she got all these skills and look what she could do she could make these biscuits i ain't never had no biscuits like this it's like ma'am she's a person like you could literally just talk to her and not about her while she's in the room yeah like yeah she's a person it's giving like just ask her, like where do like ask her for her recipe about the biscuits and also i read like she's you're you're both talking past her and not to her like engage her in this conversation like ask and like say like hey Zoella, like where what's the recipe for the biscuits like tell us more about it like talk yeah to her. yeah she's kind of they're talking about like she's not there it's very weird I and mean, like sometimes like irene also tries to like make a point of like telling her what to do where she feels like she's not doing whatever uh, she asked her to do. And it's just kind of like, hmm. Well, she's like, well, everybody needs help, don't they? You know, but because, I mean, it is a big ass house. So I was like, I, can't, I, I get it, girl. In between doing all your little charity stuff, you, know, you might need somebody to help you clean up these children's rooms. But she's like making it very, she also makes it very apparent that Claire will not be staying for dinner. <laughs> no, no, she has to go. Home. We don't have any more food for you. You did not buy enough for another plate. She's leaving right now. She yeah. got to get back up the street. Well, the street lights turn on. So. <laughs> yeah, I forget where she's staying because the whole thing about Claire is that John may or may not be getting more work in New York, which means they may or may not be moving there. And that puts Irene into a spiral. Because <laughs> she's like, damn it, she's going to be up here all the time, coming around the house. Um, so this next scene is the dance um, where Irene is telling Brian, like, be nice to her, like, be nice to Claire. And Brian was like, okay, I guess, like, I'll be polite, but she makes he makes fun of everybody. He's got like I guess he's described as being like constantly mocking people or having a mocking way of speaking. But um, he's like I'll be polite, I guess. <laughs> and Irene 
meets Claire and like when she comes in the house and she's and Irene's like, oh damn, I'm underdressed. She's like, but girl, you're perfect. And I was like, is this film getting a bit gay? <laughs> Are we getting a bit gay at the <laughs> in the passing universe? Uh, just a tad, just a wee bit. Well, there's like a whole section of it in the like under the themes and under like the Wikipedia. And I was like, gay? They're gay? Because I usually do not catch on to things like that at first glance. But I was like, there's a couple scenes in the movie. I was like, <laughs> the dance especially. I was like, oh, girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe one could be. I'll see it. Um, I didn't realize in the book, too. I guess they, like, her and, like, Brian and Irene have separate bedrooms. Like, they don't sleep in the same bedroom at all. Like, not even just separate beds. Like, they don't sleep in the same rooms. That might preserve a marriage for some. Yeah, I mean, their marriage is definitely kind of in a weird place because he's kind of fed up with everything. She's just like, I don't understand what the problem is. So, <laughs> um, now they go to this dance. Um, it's so 1920s. <laughs> They're doing that weird like finger dance, you know, when people like have their <laughs> finger in the air. <laughs> Uh, and it's also, I think they're playing jazz, um, which was like the dangerous music of the Negroes back then. So I mm-hmm. guess this is why the, these people keep coming up to Harlem to, <laughs> to hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, and Claire sneaks in some booze because you're also at the time when there was no booze being sold, but you had to get it in secret. Um, they're drinking and finger dancing. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I wish I knew what that was, but you know. Um, and so there's like, girl, Hugh had an expandable cup. <laughs> he was ready. He he knew what it was. He knew what time it was. He was saying, y'all be having the hooch. <laughs> um, and so at one point, like, Irene doesn't really dance. This whole time, but Claire ends up pulling Brian on the dance floor. He was just like, okay, I'll dance with you, I guess. And um, this is probably when Irene started thinking, doing a little bit of thinking. Um, This is when Irene reveals herself as a super hater. (laughs) Um, Like, yes. She's been a hater, but shit. (laughs) A diabolical. But like, Cause I was like, I know you didn't just blow up this on the spot, but she did. Um, yeah, yeah, she actually tells Hugh like, "This is not a black lady." Cause he was like, "Who is this white woman who's dance? Like, do you know who this is? Like, I, I only, only really only know my wife that's being here, which his wife is somewhere dancing with some fine ass man." And um, <laughs> and um, Irene's like, "Yeah, that's not that's not what you think it is." And he was like, what? Do you mean? Because I know you do sometimes. And yeah. he's, I told you that you could be with that woman on a Friday. <laughs> or some shit like that. Yeah, their conversation is kind of a, a lot. It's almost a little bit of a labyrinth of what they're talking about. But, um, yeah, man. <laughs> and it was like, first of all, rude of you. Like, why are you talking about this with a white man? Who, I understand this is your friend, but, like, at the same, like, why are you talking about this in a public place? 
that you don't know who could be listening close by. Like, they yeah. can hear you over the music. And why are you talking about this with him? Why are you talking about somebody else's business? Like, that like life-threatening like, business. <laughs> with someone who could turn on you in a minute. Yeah. Mm. Like, that's the girl, Irene. Where's the solidarity? <laughs> And you just like he's like I know you do it from you could do it from time to time. She's like, mm-hmm. okay. like yeah. Um, and also talks about his wife being like, oh, you know these are very fine men. These are like you've never seen some men down here like this. And Irene's like, girl, that's just exoticism. Like she's being weird. Like it's just something that you think that would not be attractive and you don't really know what to do with your brain when you do find it attractive, which is you basically exoticizing the shit out of somebody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he was also asking her, like, oh, how can you tell that she's black? Yeah, like, you, they're, both, both of them, like, this is why I don't like you as a character. I did not like this scene. Like, they're treating the, their interactions, like, his membership in the Negro League or his affiliation with the Negro League is being treated not of interest in helping whatever helping the community or whatever he treats it like visiting the zoo yeah that's at it some all, it, interactions that's where it all is it's just like oh look at you beautiful creatures dancing around and doing your little dances and having little parties and I'm just here to like kind of like you know kind of look in and see um it's like you're not an ally like you are visiting too yeah he was whole thing i was just like why is he here i don't like it but if this is a thing that happens because it happens nowadays you know people go to the you know the dangerous part of town go have some fun yeah and people be letting them be like oh they're invited to a cookout I want to go back in time and slap the shit out of whoever started that. Such a detrimental. <laughs> what a detrimental term. And in in like mindset. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Ugh. Um. Uh. So Hugh is like, you know basically asking her like how can you tell and Irene is just like there's just like a thing like you just kind of just know like it's not really something that could be like told to other people you're just like you know that's like that's another black lady um I don't know we just like gravitate to each other pretty much anywhere like me nowadays I'm like oh black people there's a black person because <laughs> where I live now is very very like white <laughs> and so I'm like well there's a black person hey <laughs> But they just like, you know, Irene's just like, hey, I just know. I just know. Um, but then she also says, like, it would be harder for a white person to pass for colored. And I had to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I laugh? Nella, if you can come back okay. and see what's going on around here, girl. <laughs> I don't think people want to look black. I think they want to look exotic and they borrow from black features. For that purpose, because you're never borrowing like the kinky curly. Some people, 
Some people no, do not that. The kinky. Yeah, no, not the kinky girly. But some people do be trying to paint themselves to be like, like deep dark, like with the deep dark foundation. And I'm just like, girl, you are not below like a Fenty 100. <laughs> like, what are you doing? It's just it's weird. Like, I don't. I, I think don't that. I mean, a lot of people kind of have had this going like back and forth with like the IG baddie kind of aesthetic and and. You know, sometimes you'll see a person and be like, this person's trying to pass for black, but then you can also be like, girl, that person does not look black. And then start to be like, have you seen any black people <laughs> lately? <laughs> they don't look like this. So it is kind of a weird thing. But I don't think any person who like puts on long fingernails and, and whatever, they actually do want to be black. I think they borrow a lot from our aesthetics and how we speak or how they think we speak which is <laughs> a huge problem for certain people who don't want to admit that they don't talk like that or they grew around grew up around black people so this is just how i talk but let the let the let the spotlight of hollywood come calling <laughs> and all of a sudden you don't speak like that anymore yes i mean wait what Okay, I I might bring a film to the forefront. I have to. I'm worried. I have a couple of films to bring to the forefront. Okay, bring them to the red table. I'm ready. Um, terrified about the subject. Okay. Um, maybe. <laughs> uh, you okay. can tell us at the end. You can tell us now. Yeah. Related to this, related okay. to what you just mentioned about like someone who was raised within the culture who's not of the culture. Are you gonna talk about that dude who likes to shimmy? No. no. Okay. We're it's done it's with a him. film. It, it's it's a comedy film. Okay. No, I was worried. Oh. Um, and it was also on USA, so that's the quality of that film. Oh. Oh. So. Okay. Wait. I want you. Well, tell us because I don't want to forget. <laughs> um. So feel free to edit it out later after you look it up. No, um, I want to know because it's gonna be terrible. It's called, yeah, it is. But it made me think of it. It's called Faking the Funk, oh. starring Dante Basco and Tatiana Ali. Dante Basco, That's, is the guy from yeah, like Rufio, Rufio, the movie y'all like, mm-hmm. <laughs> from Hook. And, a, mm-hmm, and I got another one that <laughs> I've never seen. It. Bitch, <laughs> you're like that fucking shit, that trash y'all like. I thought it was being good. It's been a long and time. another film with a similar presence, a um, similar, similar um, premise rather, okay. is called The Breaks, starring Mitch Mullaney. <laughs> I don't even know. AKA, I've never seen this movie, and I do you know Pam Greer's in this movie? Uh huh. AKA White and Mike and Ernie from, Hudson. Yep. Mm. And the yeah. breaks. Who is this person? This person the, is very low quality. I see Loretta Divine now. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> is this like that fucking thing Renee had on Charlie's Angels where they said that Bosley grew up in fucking South Central or wherever? This the premise of this film is um what's his name? Let me see his name. Derek. Dude, King. Like the chosen is really. <laughs> Okay, so the braces by Derek King is trying to bring home milk for his mama. His mama's Loretta Devine, and mm-hmm. he gets into a lot of chaos. 
while trying to bring home milk for his mama. Okay. So, like, and what you just mentioned, talking about being raised in the culture. Right. But not being of that culture. Wow, he's Irish. Made me think of those two particular <laughs> Lamont Bentley's in this and Darius McCary or Carey. Mm-hmm. Those I think those are his brothers. Uh, Loretta, we gotta say no sometimes. Miss <laughs> Loretta be making films. Miss Loretta needs to. You don't have to do it. Paula J. Parker's in this too. That's a good one. Feel free to edit this out. But oh like, no, I'm gonna edit it out. I need everybody to know. <laughs> like, but the Braves and Frank the Funk are like good films. Okay, but like also I haven't watched them since. I was like 12. Yeah, you say that now. It could be terrible. (laughs) It's going to be terrible. Like, just like when we watched uh, that Red Man movie. Oh, How High? How High, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be that kind of situation. Yeah, who knows? Especially from 1999. Who fucking knows? What kind of horrors (laughs) lie deep? Ooh, Exhibit is in this film. Yeah, it's going to be bad, guys. Well, I think you could buy it from Target for like $8 if you're interested. Ooh, let me. Don't. (laughs) Not you. You need to stay away. (laughs) (laughs) For anybody else who's interested. Um, Yeah, I mean, that whole thing is very complicated, but I feel like people who like use that excuse of like, I was raised here so I can say whatever the fuck I want. It's just kind of like, girl, because you have plenty of black people who are raised around white people and they don't just go around saying stuff the way they say stuff (laughs) so i just feel like i don't know if that works that excuse works but like again i said i just don't think like people kind of uh, have this idea of that like people who will kind of make their lips fuller they'll wear certain weaves or they'll make their skin browner um via foundation and makeup and stuff like they want to be black i don't think they want to be black yeah it's i said that my my poor very old very very old very tight brain just can't wrap around honestly i've just been doing real job like my brain just can't wrap around it i just <laughs> i think they just I'm take too the, tired i think they just take the parts that are like valued or whatever and then just like kind of try to you know but it's i guess because we it's always been something that we've been maligned for like you know girls get made fun of for having big lips and stuff i'll never know nobody who's gotten fun of, made fun of for having a big ass but um i guess in certain places maybe but like that whole thing, and of course, like now, you know, the long fingernails and stuff like that, um, which is like so hugely popular, it's crazy, because um, that would have never been a thing <laughs> when I was younger. Um, it was like trashy to have long nails. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of a funny thing of like them saying like, yeah, I think it might be hard for a white person to pass for color. And I was like, well, girl, I don't know, they might be making some attempts. <laughs> Irene, if you were a real person, you could be alive a hundred years later and see what's going on 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 the internets. Yeah, she, yeah, she yeah. has some thoughts. Has some thoughts. Might have to reconsider. <laughs> um, so Claire and Brian, I guess, are back, and Claire's like, Brian, let's dance again. And Brian's like, you know what? We're gonna fire you somebody. <laughs> 
And like at this point, I think it's like Irene is watching Claire, and then also holds her hand. But then Brian comes and like takes her and like is like, here, here's a person to, you know, dance with or whatever. Please go be over here. And so I was like, oh, is this another moment? Irene is both a very big hater, a big hater who might have a little bit of a crush. I think it's like it's almost aspirational. Like, and is a little jealous. Yeah. The seeds of jealousy are being planted. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's like a terrible situation she's in. <laughs> like, girl, this is not good. Um, no. And you know that. <laughs> You're the one mm-hmm. always saying, like, girl, you should probably kind of just, like, back off a little bit. Um, so <laughs> I think at this point it's, like, after the party and, like, they're getting in bed and stuff. And Irene tells Brian, like, isn't she an extraordinarily, extraordinarily good looking? And Brian's like, I mean, she's okay for a white girl. Yeah. <laughs> but he's also like, girl, you need to watch out for her. Yeah. Like, keep your eye on that one. Yeah, something he's like, something. something. She, she live on the edge. Just, just be, be mindful. Is it appropriate for me to say that something in the milk ain't clean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess like later on is this when like Irene is like some shit is going down I feel like this is when or maybe this is almost to that point because at one point her son Junior comes in he's like where's Claire and Claire's not there um, and I think the other son is kind of in a pissy mood and Brian's like or like Irene's like well what happened and Brian said that uh he was called a dirty slur (laughs) and um you know later on um Claire and Zulina are in the backyard hanging out and Irene's got this you know handful of groceries and stuff and she's like a Zulina girl come over here and put these groceries away and um, they're sitting out there in the sun. And I actually love this shot where, like, Claire's stretching and, like, she kind of does, like, the whole sun thing. It was really cool, um, like, over her head and stuff like that. But um, I guess they're, like, also complimenting each other kind of in a weird way because, like, weird for Irene because she can't fucking stand her. But <laughs> Irene's like, you are all, you were always the beauty. And Claire's like, that's not how I always saw it. And I was like, Go deeper into this, please. <laughs> uh, but Claire can't stay because John has come home early. So she, Claire ends up not coming around for a while. Um, and this is when uh, Brian does his whole thing, telling a very detailed story about the lynching in Arkansas. And I was just like, yeah. they're, I mean, like, not to, like, not prepare the babies, but, like, it's, they're literally about to go to bed. <laughs> it's like, what kind of psychological horror is this? He says, like, everything. And it's like, okay. okay. Yeah, it's very graphic. Okay. Like, even me as an adult, I was like, oh, that's a lot. I don't know if I want to hear all about all of that. Um, I think this is another time when Claire comes back and she's just kind of like, 
I would love to leave John <laughs> and move back here and, you know, have a life. Um, but also she says, like, she tells Irene that she doesn't have proper morals like she does and that she'll hurt anybody to get what she wants. Mm-hmm. And she's not a safe person. No, and she also tells Irene, like, you can never have what I have because you you would never do anything that I would do. Yeah, you wouldn't be, you know, you wouldn't go hard like me mm-hmm. <laughs> and be ruthless or whatever. And I was like, oh, well, maybe. <laughs> um, so, like, the next scene is, I guess they're having another party or going to another party, but she can't get a babysitter. And so she decides to send Claire and Brian off to the party without her, which I was just like, now why do that? Like, she's growing more, like, she's growing a little paranoid about her marriage, and she feels like Brian is, like, attracted to Claire. Yeah, this is basically, in the book, it just, like, is so abrupt um, that she's just like, it's happened. It's happened. He wants, he wants Claire. I was just like, where did he in this entire thing say anything about wanting Claire? He didn't want to tell you to leave her alone. <laughs> and he's like, okay, like don't bring her around her no more. I don't really like we don't actually need her to be here. Like this is not yeah. really like, you know, I'll dance with her to be polite and respectful, but like I don't want to do this. <laughs> and I mean, he's like, I don't understand. What's the problem? Um and all of a sudden he's like, my marriage. She's ruining my marriage because yeah. my husband's going to leave me. It's like my husband's having an affair. He's going to leave me for sure. Yeah. And they have an outing with uh, Hugh at a jazz club. I think Hugh's like the only white person there again. And, you know, Irene's talking about, oh, you know, maybe one day I'd like to send my boys to Switzerland, like to, for Europe for an education or whatever. Or I think, no, like, well, she had mentioned that before and Brian was like, oh, what? And then, um, She's talking about how Claire was going to Switzerland, which is to take her daughter to school, basically. And um, Brian's like, fucking Switzerland. What do you know about Switzerland? <laughs> and Irene's like, well, excuse you. <laughs> and then Hugh is like, I don't like Claire. She's always presenting herself as like a victim, which I guess he was trying to say. We never really talked about the whole tragic mulatto trope. In the last episode. Yeah. Um, which is definitely what Imitation of Life was giving. I don't really know if you call Claire necessarily a tragic mulatto. Only because she seems like she knows what she's doing. And she's giving herself agency through what she's doing. Even though it's a terrible decision. <laughs> Because she doesn't hate herself. Like, she, she's very, she's in control, like, to a certain point, she's in control of her situation. Yeah, like, this is a (laughs) self-made thing. Because, okay, like, under, like, the whole, like, tragic mulatto thing is basically, like, it was a stock character, um, you know, light-skinned offspring of a white slaveholder and his black slave, which, um, She's unable to identify or find a place within blacks or whites, which would be Claire's issue right now. But I don't think that's like, she's just like, I just want to be around people that I know. (laughs) Um, 
And so, like, the feeling of exclusion is portrayed variably as, like, self-loathing, depression, alcoholism, sexual perversion, and attempts at the suit of side, um, which is definitely imitation of life, because she hated herself. I don't think Claire hates herself. I think she's very self-aware. Yeah. Um, so... I don't know why he would think he could say, see, this is what happens when you let people in the cookout. You see? You see? <laughs> why are you commenting on things like this? And because Brian defends her, because that's what you do when people are not there is to defend themselves, Irene is sitting there looking like, no, I know this nigga didn't. <laughs> and I know this man did not. And she's like, uh, then that kind of like sends her off to spiral. Like, oh no, well, the, the, It just seems like she's very unaware because I think he's like he's concerned about his kids and he's concerned about this lynching. Um, because one of the kids is like, "Yeah, tell me about the lynching. I want to know, Daddy. I'm grown." <laughs> and Irene's like, "Don't you fucking ruin my kids like this." <laughs> But I don't know why she doesn't connect. That's the reason why he might be pulling away from her. I don't know why she decided that it was Claire. Or not, yeah. I don't understand why she thought it was Claire. She is not all the way there. Like a very, she's not in tune to a lot of things. Like just overall. She's just, aware of what she has going on and that's it like she's not aware of things that are going on with her children Mm -mm. or her like her overall family or what's going on in her household honestly if it doesn't concern her Claire she's not really concerned with it and the only reason her husband was pulled into it because it concerned Claire and it was a problem that she made up herself yeah, it's just kind of like she didn't really want to say the real reason why she don't want Claire around. So she's just like, I'm going to, you know, it's my husband. I'm coming around my husband. Um, And in the book, oh, God, it was fucking terrible. I'll get to it. Because, but I'm like, because um, I think they had this big fight, right, about, you know, her wanting the kids to stay kids and him being like, they need to know what's going on. Um, and he says, I don't understand how someone as intelligent as you can be so stupid. Um, which also brought me back to like this uh, class I took. I feel like I mentioned this like years ago on the podcast where I took this class called History of Black Women in America. And uh, it was pretty interesting. Uh, the thing I remember the most was like how the t- professor talked about um, because of like everything happening with Jim Crow and lynchings and all kinds of other things that like. A lot of black mothers were just like, I have to almost like infantilize my kids even when they become adults. Because like I could send them out one day and they won't come home basically. Um, Which now kind of, a lot of men are infantilized. (laughs) But just off the strength of them just being infantilized by their mothers. But I just thought that was was interesting. And I was like, is this like the, the genesis of this whole this whole phenomenon, I really awesome. wish I had a. I wish I had a textbook from that class. We don't think I don't think we had any books from that class. A rarity. Um, 
But it was a very good class. It was like 100 years ago, though. <laughs> and the ancient times of like 2009. So um, I don't remember everything that I um, learned in that class. But yeah, that kind of jumped out to me because she basically wants them to be kids forever. I mean, she says she wants them to like learn what they can learn. But I was like, they're going to learn sooner than later. And regardless, honestly, regardless of how old you are as a black person, you you learn what it's like to be a black person in America or also, a black person in the world, period. Also, people age us up a lot sooner than they do, like, other people. Because, like, mm-hmm. you know, you could be described as a 12-year-old man <laughs> or whatever. And it's just like, that, those two words don't go together. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, I mean, I can get what she's saying, but she's just kind of being a little bit more oblivious in a way that's not smart. Um, and also because she's fixated on Claire. Um, and she was like, oh, well, we could have left the country. You know, I always, you know, I thought we could leave the country after the boys are, you know, grown and out of the house. But I decided against it because you look so happy with Claire. And I was just like, none of this is making sense. Do you understand that? <laughs> and, and she's like, what? I was also like, girl, what? Because <laughs> she says you're a lot less content with what you don't have when she's not here. Or a lot, you're a lot less content with what you have when she's not here. Sorry. And everybody in my household, which is me and my plants, are like, girl. <laughs> then the book, it's worse. She is like, I don't want Claire to come back. I don't care how it's done what the reason is that she never comes back, even if her baby dies. And I was like, not Marjorie. Like, why is she? I was like, what level of obsession like would you, like, what kind of obsession level would have you thinking something horrible like that? Like, there's people I don't like, but I don't hope their children pass away. <laughs> that is very cool to say. It's insane. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Irene, take a step back. You're being consumed by something that's not happening. Yeah. Um, so the next scene is a party um, Irene is giving for Hugh and um, at her house. And she has purposely not invited Claire, even though Claire is back stateside. Um, but Brian has invited her because I guess he saw her. At one point in time, and he's like, you haven't been taking her calls. And I saw her out one day, and I invited her. And Claire's like, or no, sorry, Irene is like, oh, y'all spoke? Of course she did. Mm -hmm. This is why I didn't want her in my... In the book, it's basically presented as like, this is when I have evidence, like hard evidence that they've been cheating. Because they spoke one time. I was like, she keeps coming up to Harlem. Yeah. <laughs> There's a good chance he ran into her. But no, he's like, oh, no, y'all, y'all, y'all been good and all. Y'all been doing yes. stuff behind my back. I know it. I know it. Of course you have talked to her. I was like, ma'am. <laughs> like, this is a mess. Yeah, it spirals really fast. Because um, he's sick of her. You can tell. <laughs> and she keeps watching them talk to each other. Like, Claire and Brian, they're like, it's not like they're in a separate room. They're, like, in front of everybody. And she's like, they're cheating. He's cheating on me. 
Um, and like people like Claire, she's very popular. People like inviting her into like um, another party. Um, and Irene ends up dropping this teapot, which apparently like Brian's ancestors own. That was like from the Confederate era. And she's like, I was so, so fucking sick of that stupid teapot. Mm-hmm. That I, only, I only had to break it and I was free of it forever. And I was like, what? The wheels have been turning in your head for a long time, girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you only had to uh, break the pot to be finished forever. Okay, girl. Just smash it one good time and it's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, it's Christmas. Big old Christmas tree. Um, Irene and another woman uh, who's at the party, I think her name is Felice, are shopping. I don't know what part of town they're in. But it must be like a safe part of town because, you know, um, Felice is visibly black. Um, There's no mistaking her (laughs) for anything but black. And uh, they run into John. And John's like, oh, Miss Redfield. Hi. Hello. And goes to shake her hand. And then he's like, Mm -hmm. wait a minute. (laughs) The light bulb moment was so clear. He was like. What is this? <laughs> What's all this then? What is this? What what is this? <laughs> well, cause Felice is like, what the fuck is happening? She's like, you know this white man. Like she's like, no, I do not. I've never met this man a day in my life. <laughs> cause he's looking at he's looking at Irene and he's looking at Felice and he's like Oh, it's like this isn't like a like a like, like working relationship, like this is like a friend relationship. Yeah, this is not like employer made. This is these are two women out shopping together as friends. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "What the fuck?" And they just like scurry along. Um, and he's like, "She's like, oh, that's the first person that's ever seen me, like, pass in disguise as white or whatever, something like that, like something like that." Um. And she makes the move to call Claire to warn her, which is much more than she does in the book, because she's just like, I want to tell her. But if I tell her, if I call and I don't get her and I get John instead, that's not a good move. And I want to tell her somehow, but I can't. And I should tell Brian, but uh, uh. <laughs> I mean, I could. In this movie, she does make a move to call her, but then she says it's not urgent, so never mind. I was like, it's the most She's like, uh, it's the most urgent I'm good. thing. All right, bye. <laughs> it's the most urgent thing that you could like. <laughs> like, excuse me, it's so urgent. Like, like it's the most urgent is... thing in the movie. <laughs> Very urgent, girl. Like, you need to reach this woman. Like, everybody in danger. Like, quick quickly um yeah she's just like i she's almost like i can't figure out why i don't want to tell her oh well i was like you need to be (laughs) oh well back to back to christmas shopping it's just like you need to be honest with yourself about why you don't want this woman to be warned that her life is falling apart expeditiously Mm um and there's also a very telling paragraph in the book where she's basically like i need to protect my security like her security i guess is like a middle class woman or um security as a married woman um 
and that's really more important than anything else, including my husband and my children. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will protect this security as fiercely as I can. And the threat to that security is Claire. Mm. The spiral mm. was quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is another party. Uh, Brian, Claire, and Irene are uh, walking to this party, and Claire is sitting up there looking like a wet mop. I'm sorry, no, Irene is sitting up there looking like a wet mop, all sad and hanging back, and, you know, Brian and Claire chatting, and Claire is talking about her dad used to be a janitor, and um, it's like on a sixth floor walk up. I just love it. Um, Irene's like, well, girl, what are we going to do if John finds out? <laughs> and she's like, um, I'll come look at you. <laughs> that was the last. That was the last straw. <laughs> she was like, "All right." That was the absolute last straw. <laughs> She's like, "I'll just come live with you in Harlem. Like, it's no big deal. I just come live with you." I should have. She never mentioned nothing about Marjorie. So I don't know what was going to happen with Miss Thang out in Switzerland. No plans like, for Marjorie. It's I it's, I got it all set. Like, it's okay. I'm I'll come sh- live with you and have fun. I'm sure the shallotness, like the nonchalantness of Claire was like eating Irene up. Because she's like, whatever, I'll just come to Harlem, you know, come to Harlem with you. Mm. <laughs> Them eyes narrow. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> Um, so this is at Felice's house, um, which is the woman that was with Irene when she saw John. Um, I also like the scene where she was flicking the cigarette over the balcony and I was like, okay, plotting, plotting, plotting. Um, so they're all having fun. They're all drinking and, and stuff. And I think like Irene is out on the balcony when she hears knocking and you hear commotion and it's John. Um, and everybody was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Who is this man? Who is this man? Who is this man? Who is this man? He's like, my wife is here. Where is she? And he's like, ain't no wife That's exactly what everybody's like. Girl, do you know this white man? Because I don't know this white man. And I don't know why he's here. And um, he's clearly made a huge mistake. <laughs> I know she likes to wear that wig, but I don't is is she real? Is that the one? I don't know. He's angry. Is that is are we gonna be in some shit? Goddamn. That would be me. That would be me. Like, are we gonna be in some shit? Tell me now. Cause I can't I can't be in no shit tonight. It's Christmas. I wanna get home to my kids. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing shit around Christmas time. Um, I don't need this tonight. <laughs> I gotta go to work in the morning. <laughs> it's, really, it's really what somebody really would say. Like, oh, I gotta go to work. Bye. <laughs> um, Claire's face. I feel like she knew the jig was up. She Her face just was like, <sighs> like for all that talking and all that like oh yeah I'll just move to Harlem I don't give a shit if he finds out 
It's just like, uh, uh, maybe you do care. It's like just defeat. Oh. And Ruth, you should have got a song for this. They, I will avenge you somehow. Like just knowing, like not not necessarily knowing what is coming to you, but just looks tired. Knowing what is coming to you, just like she looks exhausted. Like, oh god, more of this shit. Who knows what their home life is like? It could be terrible. Be not her. And who child? Mm. And then all of a sudden, it's just a. Yeah, um, he comes up to her. John comes up to her. Um, in the movie, he calls her a dirty liar, but in the book, it was definitely a slur, um, a damn dirty slur. <laughs> and he like lunges for her, and they're standing in front of the open window. And Irene kind of does that thing where you're kind of trying to protect somebody, where you put your arm out in front of them. But like Brittany said, it was a little bit of a whoop. <laughs> and Claire goes over the balcony. Six floors. Mm-hmm. So that did not end well for her. There was no chance of survival. Um, and it's very weird because she's almost like frozen in place. Like she can't really comprehend what just happened. Where everybody else is like running down the stairs and be like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. But she's kind of just like coming from like a dream or something. Like, uh, what just happened? I don't know what just happened. Um, can somebody tell me what's going on? Uh, <laughs> and in the book, she like, she does this whole back and forth thing. Like, no, it couldn't have happened. That couldn't have been how it happened. And I'm just like, you know what happened, girl. You know what you did. Yeah, she, she, she knows what, she know what it was. Well, everybody thinks that John did it, which would make sense because you just came in here just calling and screaming and calling her, you know, slurs. Um, that little thing where she comes downstairs and asks if she's dead, and I was like, "Girl, if you can't act harder, you gonna do this. You need to act. <laughs> you need to put on a performance. Mm-hmm. You need the." Like, you were standing there next to her. You moved your head real quick. You need to throw suspicion on her husband a little bit. <laughs> I think that's what she ends up doing. No, because wait. Did she do that? I think, it's, I think it's Brian that says that it must have been John that did it. And I feel like Claire says, and I'm sorry, not Claire. Oh, my God. That Irene says that it's not. But then she doesn't even really give a good explanation of why that's not possible. Like, girl. (laughs) Do you know in the book when she, like, falls or whatever, John yells nig really loud? I was just like, can this woman have some dignity? (laughs) She just fell to her death and she has no dignity whatsoever. 
Like what the fuck? <laughs> Girl, you calling me this 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 heinous nickname that I probably am pretending to enjoy, <laughs> and I just died. That I don't. That, that can't be the last thing you hear. Oh. <laughs> fucking terrible um so the cops come they're all white i was like oh shit it's about to be some shit but it's not really um i guess it's what they tell like irene basically tells them like it was an accident and they're like well she just she just failed yeah because i mean they've been out they've probably been drinking um some hooch and they end up ruling her death as like a misadventure which is like such a weird term, but Johnson did this sad. They, I think they just covered her. It took them a while to cover her. I hate when they don't cover the body. I feel like it was very disrespectful. Uh, that's the end. It's kind of like Brian being like, now wait a minute. <laughs> Irene and telling her that he loves her and stuff like that, but... Um, I feel like Brian's kind of like, no, what the fuck did I just be doing this? <laughs> what did I just go through? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, I feel like we can say right now that both of us would obviously like recommend this movie, like because we're talking about it now. I mean, yeah. I mean, um, definitely more than Invitation of Life. I don't know if it's still on. It's probably not going to be on the Criterion Channel by the time this episode comes out, but, like, ugh. You can skip it. Yeah. Um, this is probably one of the... This was one of the best films that I saw last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was expecting it to be terrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't... I honestly didn't have... I didn't really get my, my hopes up high for it, but it... It, it was one of the best films that I I watched last year. And I know Pickens were slim last year due to COVID. Um, but that's not a slight against this film. This film is well-crafted. Even though, like, you don't have, like, like, Tessa Thompson isn't a strong actress. I felt like she did a great job in her role as Irene. Irene, girl, she's going to hell. I'm sorry. No, um, yeah. I think I sent you that message. I was like, oh, no, she's fine crispy the book made it worse i was like at least like when i first watched it i was like okay maybe it was an accident you know like shit happens like she's feeling away about this woman and you know all the complications of like you got this lady who is playing as a white woman in your face she's got your husband she's got the white life she's got the white money and here she comes wanting your black husband okay i understand but then when i listened to the audiobook <laughs> this is a lot like i was like this lady is going to hades <laughs> Whatever level they have betrayers, it's not like the life level right up there. <laughs> Satan, <laughs> like, what kind of shit was this girl? You are going to hell. <laughs> Cause all you literally had to do was just say, "Don't bring that shit around here. Leave me alone." Like, yeah, that's literally all you had to do. And like, maybe something else would have happened to Claire. Like, un- like. <laughs> All this didn't have to happen. Like, this didn't have to be in your life. You didn't have to experience any of this. You could have just gone about your business, do what you had to do, 
you 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 didn't have to accept her invitation of whatever kind of friendship or whatever kind of the hostile friendship that you had. Yeah, that's a frenemies kind of thing. Yeah, you didn't have to have that. Um, but it, it's a very good film. It explored a lot of um, kind of like issues in the the black community and. You know that effect um black people um in the twenties that's ripple to today mm-hmm. as we discussed um and has been revealing itself um on social media when you do like, hey, I found out that I have a relative that is black <laughs> um so I, I it's a very good film that I feel like everybody should take some time off. Um, time out to watch if you haven't seen it already um and Ruth's performance is phenomenal um like I'm, I've seen her in things like Misfits and um oh yeah she was one Preacher I yeah. forgot I watched Preacher that um, insane show I never finished it I always get to a point where I'm like wait it, things have gone to a point Seth Rogen you have reached a different level um <laughs> Uh yeah, she's she's great. I love her yeah. in pretty much everything I've ever seen her in. I always forget she was in Misfits. I think it's yeah. she had long straight hair and she's known for having pretty short hair. Yeah. But she she's a, a really great actress and I feel like she should have been nominated for something. Like of all the things that they had going on this war season, like why was she overlooked? Oh, because I like fucking facial prosthetics and all that other weird shit. Like, I've seen House of Gucci now. Come on now. Oh, well, that didn't get, she didn't get nominated. I know, but like. It was close, though. <laughs> People were saying she should. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I think because it's really long and my brain can't do things um, in my own house. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, uh, I just actually read something about the whole Southern accent thing. This is from Ruth's perspective. Where she says there's a, there is a touch of a southern accent in there, and I was thinking maybe I need to get rid of it. But then I thought actually she's constructing a persona that foreshadows the kind of southern belle um, that fucks with the tragic mulatto, and the idea that if she's going to enter a life of certain performance, she's going to have fun doing it. Come on, Ruth, you were just thinking, you were just thinking, you had it. Because the mm-hmm. book doesn't really give you a lot about Claire's inner workings. It's all Irene. So she's, you know, kind of picking this up herself and probably from Rebecca's direction. But she did a good job. I'm just upset that they didn't give her. And I don't know. If I talk, if I think about it too hard, I'm going to get mad. <laughs> they said, we'll give you your Oscar nomination for loving. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. Don't come ask us for nothing else. Mm-hmm. So irritating. So, do you have any movies that you would like to recommend for this particular film? I don't. I didn't really give much thought to any other movies like this. I don't really. I just read that this is about colorism. Um, I don't know about a whole lot about movies about passing um so i don't really have one unfortunately 
Um, whatever you would probably suggest, I would be like, this is probably better. <laughs> I, I mean, I know you have some. I do not. Um, oh, no. Oh, well, you had like, the ones about the, the ones we talked about. The <laughs> Yeah, you actually no. disregard those as well. No, um, but, like, like I don't disagree. have any for this particular episode. Um, surprisingly, like, just watch Passing. My recommendation is to watch this film. I'm just trying to figure out other ones. I'm sure there have been. There are other films. But I just don't feel like they're good, and I don't feel like they use black women um, to really get across that this is a white woman kind of thing. Um, and the one we did talk about is, like, terrible. <laughs> what was that girl's name? Sarah Jane? Sarah Jane. Yikes. Sarah Jane. Sarah Jane is also in here. <laughs> but just like being just too just annoying. Okay, there is a movie called I Pass for White, which was made in 1960. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do not laugh. <laughs> um, and everybody in this is well, hold on. I think there is one character in here that may be black. Yes, she is. Um which is Isabel Cooley. But I don't think she's the main. I think everybody else is pretty white. There is also, well, of course, Imitation of Life. There is a, a movie called Lost Boundaries, which is about a doctor who is, um, he gets mistaken for a white man. Um, and I guess he's just kind of leans into that more. Um, and apparently it was based off a real story. This was 1949. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the whole thing really is going to come down to, like, did you use a black person for this movie or not? And most of the times they did not. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Yeesh. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we both enjoyed this movie. Uh, it's on Netflix. You can watch it pretty much whenever. It's a Netflix um, original i guess they're claiming it as um so it's not going anywhere uh but that's also probably the only place you will be able to watch it so um definitely do not watch imitation of life (laughs) and um yeah i think this is also like probably one of the best movies i watched last year because i just feel like it expanded on something that people kind of have very surface level knowledge of yeah it actually gave their characters like characterizations because like Sarah Jane was just like I hate everybody and everything and I hate myself. Yeah. And Claire was like, I'm gonna have a party with this shit, girl. <laughs> we we really didn't have any like we had a little bit of idea of like Claire's motivations. But we had an idea of Claire's motivations a little bit, but we didn't really get an idea of, like, why, why, like, why the Sarah Jane? Yeah, other than she was just like, I gotta get away from this shit, because that's just gonna be terrible. Which nobody ever treated her bad for being black in that movie. Other, like... Besides the guy who, like, (laughs) beat her up, which I forgot about that part. But, like, before that, when she was like, no, I'm leaning this completely. Yeah. Other like it was like a brief mention when she was a 
younger, but oh, did that somebody, wasn't. Like, did somebody mess with her? We we don't know because it wasn't really focused on Annie and Sarah Jane at that particular point when they were at Coney Island. Oh yeah. Um, but I feel like if the film had been focused on like their interior lives and a little bit more of their relationship dynamics, um, maybe. If it was a good a, a good movie based off a good book. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, the foundation has to be good too. <laughs> I vaguely remember us trying to like retool that movie into like something yeah. decent and I don't think it survived because it's not good. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, Anyway, I hope there are more roles in the future for Miss Nega. And, of course, Tucker Carlson is everybody's favorite because she's going to be in some stuff. Um, I think Ruth is going to be in – she's going to executive produce a movie about Josephine Baker? It, yeah. That's the new thing? That's, or not – sorry, not a movie, a, a limited series. Um. So hopefully that comes out to be interesting. I don't know how far in the works. They just got announced like last year. So, um, and like I said, like Tessa Thompson is everybody's favorite. Uh, she's going to be Valkyrie in Thor, Love and Thunder, I think it's called. I might give that one a look-see. I haven't really been keeping up with any of what's going on over there at the House of Mouse. Yeah, I got a lot. I got, I got some stuff. <laughs> Everybody thought that the mouse was their friend because they bought up all the shit. <laughs> and it turns out once again that they are not. Yeah, it's a corporation. It's a corporation headed up by a person or started by a person who don't like a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If you would like to contact us, um, you can hit us up at blk girl film club on twitter you can follow us on instagram at black girl film club you can visit our website that's you know kind of in a holding pattern it's blackgirlfilmclub.com you can also email us at blackgirlfilmclub at gmail.com like rate subscribe on soundcloud um apple Podcasts, spotify if you still pay for that um and just anywhere else you get podcasts. We're kind of floating around everywhere. We out here. Yeah, very crazy how I keep finding our name popped up on random things. I think we're on Google Podcasts. I went there to go, like, be like, hey, how do we get our uh, show out here? And it was already there. <laughs> so I was like, okay. I guess aggregates really do their work. So, um, yeah, you know, rate us. It helps. Um, you can do also donate to our coffee. Um, it's like coffeeko-fi.com slash black girl film club um we're accepting donations it helps with just maintenance costs and you know any kind of fun things we want to do in the future we really appreciate it yeah um we have no idea what our next episodes are going to be about i want to do something it's a surprise i want to do something are we doing movies are we going to do like i mean we have some like you know, cool things happening with friends, but um, I want to do something fun. I want to do something, like, kind of off the deep end. I have some ideas. I'm scared already. <laughs> they're, they're, they're fun ideas. They're not scary ideas. 
No, no. I mean, I just wonder. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder. I want to do that freaking Lifetime movie that I don't know if it ever came out. <laughs> it came out. I watched it. Oh, shit. I don't know if anybody else who did. <laughs> Everybody else said they were going to. And I was like, I can't find this movie anywhere. So I don't know. It was, um... Yeah, we can talk about. We can finally talk about the lifetime industrial movie complex. Lifetime original movie industrial complex. Yeah, they they get wilder. <laughs> Remember, Lifetime is quote unquote television for women. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that's if you're like a hundred years old like me watching um, unsolved mysteries <laughs> after dark with your grandma, <laughs> like you shouldn't have been. Being terrified of the music. I was hysterical every time it came on. My mom, my grandma would send me to bed soon after. Our black mm-hmm. elders and the way they psychologically tortured us, we need to have a discussion. <laughs> I just used to have me scared. So, all right, go to bed. I'm like, it's dark. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Um, okay. Well, if we have nothing else, I guess we should say bye. Yeah. Well, bye, guys. Bye, everybody. <laughs>